third place is us not saying, oh, I just don't really know people with needs, but it's saying, in my life, I need to intentionally seek out being in places and meeting people with needs huh. um, so that I can help meet those needs. Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Today in our program, we have two guests. I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about yourselves and why you're here. All right, so, I'll go first. Okay. I'm Sarah Day, and I work for Cornerstone in the missions department with a focus on the local third place ministries, which basically means that I help connect people in our church with opportunities to serve outside of our church walls among people who need to experience Christ in various ways. Uh, right. And I'm Julie Seeler, and I am in charge of the public school ministry, which is under the third place umbrella. And I started, we just started this really kicking off this year, so it's a really new ministry. Hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that and why Cornerstone started it, why we see it as, as an important ministry, and Julie, also why the schools are important in that. Sure. All right, well, Third Place Ministry is named that way because it's an effort to encourage people in our church to not only focus on serving in our church or in our connection groups, but to also find a third place to serve outside of our church walls among people who are impacted by poverty. Um, okay. Yeah. We think this is an important ministry because it keeps us as a church looking outward and just considering ways that God might want to use us to impact people who desperately need him but who may not have the courage or the means to actually come to church mm, themselves. Okay. And with a church the size of ours, we could really make a huge impact on right. our community. So you're literally being the hands and feet of Jesus. That's you're going the from idea. the church building yeah. to the community. Yes. <laughs> Good. Good. Okay, how about the schools? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so kind of the idea behind getting involved in the schools is that the schools have really become that first line of defense that families go to when they're in crisis of various kinds. And so we want to we don't want to take that away from the schools. Um, it used to be people would go to the church, but now they really mm -hmm. go to the schools and the counselors or nurses in the schools. And so we want to just partner with them. Um, I previously worked in the schools, so I know a little bit from that side, too, that you get so many needs, and, you know, the school doesn't have funding or staffing to meet those family needs that mm. come their way. Um, and teachers do the best they can, and counselors do the best they can, and um, connecting those families with resources. Is that more prevalent today, you think, that the families are so needy, or is it just something we're recognizing? I think in Ames, it's um, the population of Ames has changed, huh. um, and so there's been an increase in families on free and reduced lunch, which is huh. kind of how we keep track of that in the schools, okay. and so that percentage has been rising. They also uh, changed the counselor role um, several years ago into more of a family resource counselor, so hmm. it's not just like that person who goes in and teaches guidance to the classrooms. Mm -hmm. They do that, but they also get a lot more involved in the families, and so I think that has made people feel more comfortable hmm. sharing with those things. So right. some of the needs I think we're just aware of that we weren't aware of before. Right. Um, 
But through that, we want to just partner with the schools to help fill those gaps uh -huh. in the resources that they need. They know the needs, um, and we really want we want to be meeting those needs. We want to be reaching out. We want to be connecting with those families. Uh -huh. And the schools are a really natural place right. for us to be able to do that. Right. And how do we, how do we do that? I mean, practically, how does that look going in the schools? Mm -hmm. It started kind of with um, just going in and, and connecting with the staff in the schools, meeting okay. with them, and, and finding out what kind of needs they had. And, and each Were they ever opposed to it being a church doing this? Not really. Um, we had a couple little questions about it, but because we're not, we're not really asking them to do anything, we're just telling them that we're here and we want to help meet the needs of the families in their school. They're very aware of those needs and they, they they know that those families need the help and they're coming to the school and the school can't provide that and so it we're not we're not taking over a role that the school plays we're um adding we're just adding okay yep. okay um yeah so each school looks a little bit different and we and i think we're getting in a little bit later like the different ways to yeah that we can have people jump in right um and i know the schools have really appreciated the fact that we have just offered to help yeah and so yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We talked about three places to serve. Sarah, tell me, so what would be our first place to serve? Well, one of the places would be in our church. Like okay. In D6 classes, oh, okay. as readers, as, you know, uh -huh. all of those roles that happen a lot on Sunday morning or also in youth group. Okay, know, right. But within our church body. And then if we're plugged into a connection group, uh -huh. that we would have be that maybe our family second. to yeah. Yeah, kind of uh -huh. look out for each other. Uh-huh. Um, and then this would be but our then third. We can't stop there. Yeah, yeah. right. Got to reach out. Yeah. So let's mm -hmm. say I'm a busy mom or a new mom, Julie, um, mm -hmm. or a frazzled professional woman and feel kind of frantic or just an overworked grandma. Why should I be interested in having another place to serve? How can I fit this in? That's a good question because um, we're all busy and overworked and have many things and people vying for our, our time and attention. Um, but it turns out Jesus was that way too. Huh. <laughs> he had a lot going on in his life. And one of the most challenging passages that I've read along these lines um, is in Matthew 14, where Jesus had just learned of John the Baptist's death. It says that he was pulling away. It's, uh, let's see here, John 14, 14, 13. Okay, 14, so 13. when Jesus heard about John the Baptist's death, he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. When the crowds heard this, they followed him on foot from the towns. So there's Jesus needing some time away, you know, mm -hmm. needing to get away mm -hmm. and be with God. But here comes the people right. <laughs> following him, right? And it says, um, as he stepped ashore, he saw a huge crowd coming toward him, and he felt compassion on them. Hmm. And so, like, if that were me, I'm thinking... Wow. I see people come with needs. Mm -hmm. I, I would probably cry. Or run back in the boat. <laughs> or exactly, hide in the boat. Especially that many people with needs. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or just like say, you know, just Can't lash do out. Say, yeah. I'm done, you know. But, uh -huh. but Jesus had compassion. felt compassion for them. And then he went about healing their sick. He hung out with them all day, ended up feeding all 5,000 of them that night. Yeah. And then, No small task. Yeah. Then... <laughs> At the end, you know, send his disciples away and finally had time alone. But just that example um, is really challenging for me mm. and um, to decide how do I view people with needs mm. that are always vying for my attention. Right. Know? And so that's an example that we're called to follow as mm -hmm. Christ followers. In addition to um, 
the way Jesus loves us. Hmm. We're called to love others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right. Right. Do you want to add to that, yeah. Julie? Yeah. Um, another uh, kind of verse that we base this off a little bit, and I, I'll get into it a little bit after I read it, is First um, John three sixteen through 18. And it says, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for, our, for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in, but in deed and in truth. Huh. Um, and I think it's really easy for us to be in kind of our own little bubble of our life. Um, and maybe we don't come in contact with people who have these kind of needs. Um, or we're scared of them. Or we're scared of them. Or we <laughs> intentionally avoid those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really hinders the gospel reaching that group of people. And so a third place is us not saying, I just don't really know people with needs, but it's saying, in my life, I need to intentionally seek out being in places and meeting people with needs um, so that I can help meet those needs. If my needs are met, I should be then looking to meet the needs of others. And there's no shortage of people with needs. And we don't want to live such a sheltered life that we are only exposed to people who are like us. Are like us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I kind of joke with people that this might not be a nice thing to say. You can edit it out if you need to. <laughs> um, but, you know, they say, well, you know, I just don't really know. I said, has your kid ever been hit at school? Mm. The kid that did it is probably the family that you need to reach out right. to. You know, the kids that are tend to be like the troublemakers or labeled the bullies at school um, tend to be the kids that come from homes that they have a lot of needs that aren't being met right. in various ways. And that's not a judgment on that family, but that's just the way that a lot of little kids express uh-huh. um, stress. It's the right. way that they express um, sadness. And um, so that's kind of my running joke that if your kid's ever been hit at school, right. you already know the kid, the family that you need to reach out to. So when we think about that, and the school specifically, it's such a natural place for people to get mm-hmm. involved. You're going mm-hmm. there multiple right. times a week already. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you know different parents or you know the teacher, and that teacher is very aware of the needs in her room. And it's been really cool to see people who have get gotten involved that um, it's really also opened up their kids to start mm-hmm. noticing needs. And I think the example that we set for our children of loving the lost and loving the needy can be so real for them when we're doing it in our child's life, in our child's community. Right, and they're, they're watching. I love that part of it, that they're watching yeah. you do it in their very own school, yeah. in their kind of world. Absolutely. That's super powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that just so helps build in our children that heart for the lost and that right. heart for the poor, even little, little children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do what you do. So what's one of the biggest needs, you kind of mentioned a few, that our third place ministry can address right now? Probably the, the schools? Yeah, obviously the schools is a new ministry, and so we've been pushing it pretty hard this year, but I think that's because it's such a natural place for people mm-hmm. to get involved. Yeah. And such a vast majority of the people in our community are connected are involved with there. The yeah, yeah, that's true. And moms and grandmas have a unique um, niche there. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the kids come from homes where they just have a mom also. And mm-hmm. so, if they, mm-hmm. if a mom can um, form a relationship, then that can lead to the whole family. Right. It's really 
an awesome thing. <laughs> right. I remember going in one of my children's classrooms to read with probably the first or second graders. Mm -hmm. And one little boy, um, you could tell he kind of had a troubled home life. Whenever I'd show up, he just wanted to hold my hand the entire time I was there. The whole time we was reading, the whole time we were walking, he just wanted me to hold his hand. And so he obviously had those needs for security and affection that he wasn't getting met. Mm -hmm. And it was just a small portion of his week, but mm -hmm. I felt like it was a really important part of his week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, And just getting that relationship established with that child helps you think then, how else can we expand that relationship? Mm -hmm. yeah. For example, if yeah. the... Um, class has a Christmas concert coming up. You know, this child's mom doesn't drive. Oh, good idea. How's he going to come yeah. to the Christmas concert? Right. Say, hey, you, you know, can yeah. I take you? And then, you know, you mm -hmm. meet the mom that way, start that friendship that way. Or if, you know, if recess, he likes to play football. So my kid's signing up for football. I wonder if they know sign up is now. I wonder if they have money to pay that, you know? Right. And there are so many so ways. you look that at it as an investment. Yeah. It's a starting Place. Uh -huh. The school is. Uh, it's a substrate for relationships right. there, that can right. go anywhere. You know. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What an excellent. Um, what an excellent idea, and what an excellent place to start gardening in people's mm -hmm. souls. Right. You know right. what I mean? Just gardening yeah. to prepare and that's the one soil. Of the things. One of our third place ministries funded um, American Heritage Girls. Mm, yes. And, and uh -huh. that's kind of the idea behind that whole group is that it's a thing that our daughters are doing that others can do it's just built-in mentoring and uh -huh. it's a way that moms can be involved also in and that. meet other moms and meet other moms right. and it's just a way to envelop a person in a in a group of relationships yeah. that can point them to christ you know? right and you're not always doing it specifically around the gospel right there but you're loving them towards mm -hmm. the gospel I exactly think. yep and showing it to them in real life so let's talk success stories do you have some that were aided by like the third place ministry okay interesting okay. question <laughs> One thing that I wanted to talk about was how we define success. Okay. <laughs> because sometimes when we talk about success, we look at things through like a lens of a middle class lens. And we have our expectations like focused clearly in the center of that. Mm -hmm. And I think in these situations, it might we might do better to kind of shift that focus to ourselves and to say, am I being obedient huh. and following Christ That's in this? That's an excellent way to evaluate. <laughs> because it can lead to a lot of frustration, you mm -hmm. know, if we mm -hmm. say, oh, I don't see progress in the way mm -hmm. I want to see progress. You know, there is probably fruit that will come from it. We may not see it in the time we want or in the way we want, but that's the results are up to God mm -hmm. on all that. You know, right. our role is to say, am I being obedient? And mm -hmm. if we are, then any relationship is not like a failure. <laughs> because That's an excellent measure. Excellent measure. Because sometimes we will feel like, oh, I didn't do very well. Were you obedient? Yes. Right. Okay, got approved. And that's all we can control, mm -hmm. really. Right. You know? It's exactly right. And so all we're called to do. So. Yeah. But that being said, there are some kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about them. Encouraging. You want to yeah. Kind of on the, you know, obviously we want to really emphasize those relationships. One thing that we've started out in the schools and just kind of a way to give the schools an idea of what we're about, we've done a lot of material needs. We did a lot of winter clothes. Mm -hmm. um, we've done some different food programs, snacks for the school and things like that, which are great but aren't aren't going to have a huge lasting impact. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's been cool out of those is that They've really opened up a lot of the school staff 
to other things that we can be involved in hmm. and starting and because you met that, their physical needs yes yep then they're open to trusting you with different things yes okay. and they see that we're not we don't have an angle we're hmm. not trying to yes we're not <laughs> trying to do we're not trying to be sneaky about anything. We mm -hmm. really just want to meet the needs. And starting with those simple needs, um, I think, has done a lot to um, build that relationship with the staff, which is going to be that first step of exactly. um, being able to use them as a resource to really meet the needs that they're aware of. Um, and so that's been really cool and really encouraging, just hearing from them and, you know, getting stopped when I go into schools and having uh -huh. them thank me or tell me where a coat went or yeah. um, just different little things like that. And then more specifically, we have some people coming and eating breakfast with kids at some of the various schools and um, one of the volunteers said that she's really seen a difference in the kids that she sits with and just them being more inclusive and mm. just modeling being positive and things like that um, just in you know it's 20 minutes yeah once a week in the right. morning and but also kind of a secondary thing that she's noticed is that the um, staff working in the lunchroom she's noticed them be more positive be more encouraging Loving with off. the kids yeah and not even that's not even her goal being there necessarily, yeah. but she's setting that example of caring for these uh -huh. kids and being patient with them. And to see that already pay off in such a short amount of time has right. been really cool to, to hear about. That is, that's a huge success story, yeah. I would say. Mm -hmm. Cool. I've recently been encouraged by a relationship that started with a Home for a While ally, which yeah. is another way people can serve if okay. they, or their schedule doesn't allow them to get into school or they're scared of kids or whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, that provides housing for? Home for a While is a transitional housing program. Okay. And we do have a lot of communication with the homeless liaison at, at the schools. The schools, yes. So a lot of our families mm -hmm. come from th that connection mm -hmm. also. Um, but each of those families, when they get an apartment, they agree to meet with an ally. Hmm. Um, so it's something they want. No one has ever does it. No one has been like hesitant. They're all really open to say, "Yeah, hmm. I would." Which good, yeah, is great. And um, so that's a natural um, way for people to get to know families. Also, one of our families uh, moved out of their apartment at the end of their time, and the only place they could find to rent was in Story City which is fine, but they had no transportation. Oh, and so wow. there's a physical need right, right there, you know? And so we have several people from Story City who attend Cornerstone who were willing to give rides to church. They actually didn't go to church here. They go to another church, but oh. they then would come to men's group. The ally oh, wow. uh, got them started the men's yeah. group, and then the woman came to the women's study on Thursday mornings. But uh, all of that was just a way to um, start the relationship, Right. by meeting that physical need, and then it just evolved into friendships, you know, and uh -huh. enveloped them into uh -huh. a community. And to the point that uh, right before Christmas, she, the mom was um, had some real health problems and was admitted to the hospital. I felt bad. I could not go visit her. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I just kind of touched a few people who knew her, and, like, their hospital room, there was a revolving door. So oh, many people that's were so going to neat. see it. Yeah. And she had to feel and loved by that. She totally did. Because a few days later, I went to her place and praying together, and she was just so thankful for the community of believers that was there Feels to good support to have them, community around and you. pray with them. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, so that's really what I hope for in yeah. all of this is um, building using the relationships needs yeah, as, a, to, as mm -hmm. an entry point to yeah. people's lives and pointing them to the gospel. Right. right? And it, it works. Yeah. I mean, a lot. <laughs> a lot. It works a lot. Yeah. So 
how can our third place uh, present us with an opportunity to display the gospel? We've kind of talked about this, mm -hmm. this gospel of Jesus. So what we're doing is we're kind of being the hands and feet of Jesus mm -hmm. and, and meeting those physical needs, and then they're willing to hear about our life and um, about Jesus. A lot of times that's the case. Yeah. yeah. Not always? Not always. Okay. Um, sometimes people are, you know, they're in survival mode. Yeah. You know, and you're another person who can meet it, you know, need, and then they're out. So huh. it's not always, you know, yeah. like I say. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no, like, So you get used sometimes. Things. Sometimes. Okay. But you kind of need to be okay with that. Yeah. Tough skin. <laughs> Jesus kind of yep. got Jesus used, got used too. too. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, yeah, so sometimes you can, like, actually walk through salvation with people. Um, mm -hmm. Other times it's more just knocking down those barriers that mm -hmm. they have built up in their mind. Preconceived. Why, yeah. yeah, I can't be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Why I don't want to submit to Jesus' ways, mm -hmm. you know. Or and, why I don't like Christians. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think Christians are, but you're this way. How yeah. does that make sense, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we can model forgiveness. I've had to ask people forgiveness, you uh, know, and yeah. um, then just that whole notion of asking and receiving forgiveness is huh. sometimes foreign, you yeah. know, or um, grace. Like people say, why are you doing this yeah. for me? And say, like, well, you know, freely I've received, freely I can give. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that whole right. notion of grace is also a foreign concept, undeserved favor, you know. Uh -huh. So right. there are lots of ways that we can reflect the gospel, even if we don't get to that point of, you know, making the, the decision. steps yeah. and the Roman uh -huh. roads and right. all that right. decision. But Right. What has God taught you, both of you, about yourselves as you've been working in this ministry area? And um, and then, conversely, what has God taught you about himself? So, when I think of third place, I think, oh, that seems messy and inconvenient. Mm -hmm. And then it will kind of make my life not as clean and tidy. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> Um, sure, yeah, I think um, when you're not in involved in people in crisis situations of various kinds, poverty or um, otherwise, that it's really easy to be self-centered, and um, I saw that a lot in myself. And then, you know, what I consider a bad day is so silly. And so getting involved in this and hearing more stories and the things that are a struggle for people that we don't even bat an eye at. Huh. Having food on the weekends when we're not in school, having a winter coat. Um, I have multiple coats in my closet. Mm -hmm. I've never really thought twice about if I was going to have a coat for the winter, but so many needs come up of things like that. Having a place to live. We have been um, talking with the homeless liaison in the schools for a little bit, and we have many homeless families in our community that largely can go unseen. And, and so I think with that, God's really just been convicting me of how selfish I can be. And it is, once you get involved, there's, it kind of seems like there's no turning back. Huh. Once you know. Once you've seen it. <laughs> once you've seen it, once you know, um, your heart just breaks for these people. And, and that's, that's right that that, that like it does the that. verse that Sarah shared, you know, Jesus had compassion Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's easy to ignore it when it's not right there, but when you have a face to go with it, when you have a name to go with it, you, you can't help but be changed by it and be convicted of your need to help to, to help with that in whatever way you can. And I think going back to, you said like sometimes you get used and 
I think it's really easy to have a mindset of like, I'll help people who deserve it oh, or wow. who will of course. come to church or that. who will do we the do gospel. That. And, mm -hmm. and that's so contrary. I do that too. I uh, find myself thinking that way. Um, you know, if I do this, like, are they just gonna, you know, come back next time? They Like, you know, is this just a cycle that I'm getting into right. or um, anything like that? But you know, that's so contrary to the gospel. Huh. Like, God didn't just help us. Jesus didn't just come to help us because we really deserved it right. and we were going to do a great job with right. his gift, you know. While we were still sinning, yes. Christ died for us. Absolutely. And so it goes back to what Sarah said about our success and, you know, what we consider success is that we were obedient. And sometimes that obedience is not going to feel great, but other times it will. And huh. we might not see the payoff. That person might have just come and gotten what they wanted and left and not been open to hear anything else. But you never know what that becomes down the road. And so... Just like the lunchroom thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's passing it on to the next kid, the next kid, and the lunchroom lady, yeah. you know. Maybe that's the first person that they've met who has proclaimed Christ that's really set that example mm -hmm. for them. Maybe you're the first positive example of a Christian that mm -hmm. they've met. And so that's, right. um, that's been really convicting to me just to not be selfish with my time, not be selfish with my resources. And obviously that's not something that I'm like, and no, I'm not selfish at all. You know, that's <laughs> something that is continually convicting. Right. Yeah. We're so insulated um, as Americans, yes, especially. Yeah. 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 For me, one of the uh, things that we've been doing in our poverty classes is going through the When Helping Hurts material, mm -hmm. and they talk about Excellent book. the four mm -hmm. um, relationships that we're all created for and how we're all broken. And we tend to, as a society, only recognize certain symptoms of brokenness. <laughs> huh. um, for example, four relationships are relationship with God, yourself, others, and the rest of creation. Okay, okay. so um, one of the, uh, the whole notion of laziness comes into how we steward our time and resources and work, okay? We're all broken. Okay. And I, my types of brokenness would be like um, working too much, you know. And society praises that huh. as opposed to being lazy. Oh, you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. But I can easily view someone else's problems as a problem and let mine go. Oh, you know, be uh -huh. because society lends us, lets us do that. Right. Um, or um, my in independence is an issue. You know, I can do this. You know, I'm capable. I can do it. But we're dependent on God, you huh. know? And uh -huh. so those areas of brokenness really are um, things I need to keep in the center of my mind. As right, I, preaching the gospel to yourself, basically. Yeah, every day. right, right. We're forgiven. None of us deserve what we get, you know? Huh. Sure, we work, but God blesses us, and uh -huh. we need to be thankful, uh -huh. you know? Um, so, I don't know, that's what's going on in my heart a lot. And then So also, it's made you less judgmental. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Helps me, yeah, focus on my own issues and keeps okay. me coming back to a place of repentance. Huh. And, and then along those lines, helping me learn about God is whenever I feel frustrated with people that I'm reaching out to, uh, my thoughts, I hear God echoing those right back at me. Things like, I really would uh, feel like she only calls when she needs something. Oh, wow. I want a relationship mm -hmm. and not just be the mm -hmm. person she goes to to provide. <laughs> wow. And I'm thinking, yeah, God probably could say that about me. <laughs> you know, yeah. or uh, why do they keep doing the same wrong thing over and over? Uh -huh. Don't they know? You know? Right. And it's really just helps me, like I say, come back to a place of humble huh? repentance before We God. should all pray for that, that God would echo our thoughts back to us. Uh, <laughs> that's a hard prayer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pleasant. So, anyway. Huh. Those are excellent observations and even observations about yourself. So 
would either of you like to pray for um, women who are kind of contemplating like, wow, this really sounds like something I should be involved in or, you know, how do I go about this? Can you pray for the just direction for those women? Yeah. Lord, I thank you so much for your divine intervention and pulling even pulling me into this and how it was not on my radar, but you um, have me here anyway, Lord. And I pray for women who are listening to this, who are thinking about a way to get involved, who might hear the call that you have given them to care for the poor and the oppressed, Lord. And I pray that um, that would not go away, that you would not let that conviction um, wane as the days go on, but that you would encourage people that this is a right thing to do to um, get involved in so many different ways in meeting the needs of the people in their community, Lord. And I pray that you would um, just work all of that out so that it can happen, Lord. I know there's so many things that can get in our way with um, work schedules and children and naps that need to be taken and all of those things. Um, they are reasons why we don't, but I pray that they would not be excuses, Lord, and that, that we would all find a way to just model um, your grace and your love to um, a community that just desperately needs you, Lord. And God, I pray for the families in our community who are struggling today to figure out where they'll be sleeping tonight or what they'll serve their kids to eat. And God, I pray your hand of protection over them. Just provide for their needs and heal their brokenness and uh, give them hope. And I pray you'll bring people into their paths who can help and most of all who can point them to you. Um, it would be an honor if uh, you could use us to do that. And so that's what we pray for our church. God. Thank you for all that you are doing um, in us and through us. Um, help us to be thankful. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for coming today, gals. I think this could be a real game changer for some women who are kind of insulated and kind of just in their own lives. I think it could really expand their view of God and the view of our community. So thanks well, for it's coming. Fun. It's Thank not you. just, it's fun. So it is really fun. <laughs> well, we're going to link some of the things you mentioned to the podcast, and we really appreciate you coming. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?